Hello everyone and welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire offseason. Check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. Now Primetime, as always, brought to you by our friends over at freemanhondai.com. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. Tonight, we'll talk a lot about wide receivers. Um, just letting you know, because I was listening to the Athletic Football Show this morning, and they had a very interesting conversation about current trends, offensive and defensive, in the NFL and how they could shape the NFL draft a little bit. What kind of players are NFL teams looking for given the context that we've got in the NFL today? Because you, you guys know this, and this is one of my favorite parts of the game. The NFL is this kind of long chess match, right? In which the offenses adapt, then the defenses provide their schematic answers, and then the offense counterattacks. And it's this eternal battle that we will enjoy for eternity in the world of football. And I think it's particularly the case in the NFL because there are 22 moving pieces. So there are a lot of variables as opposed to, say, uh, basketball, baseball. And I know in those sports, you also have a lot of strategic shifts. But in football, it's all heightened. And I love that about the NFL. And there's nothing new about this. There's, there's nothing new about this, but I will tell you what they were talking about in the athletic football show. By now, you already know that the trend for defenses in the league is to play with two high safeties, which might be an advantage of its own for Dan Quinn, who likes to play with a single high safety. And maybe we'll talk about that at some point in the future. But you've got defenses going with two high shells. You've got a lot of cover two quarters coverage specifically. And defenses, what they're telling the big arm quarterbacks in the NFL today is, hey, you're not going to beat us over the top. You will need to attack the underneath zones and be patient. And that's why the Kansas City Chiefs were not as explosive in 21. In, uh, why the Bills also were not as explosive. But it's not only about attacking underneath that offenses will try to adapt. It's also about going over the top, even if that's what they're trying to take away from your game. But with the quarterbacks that are in the NFL today, we might go back to those quarterbacks challenging the coverage, even though it might be counterintuitive. So they were talking about this in the Athletic Football Show, and they were talking about how it impacts the quarterbacks. For example, how Malik Willis, even though he's not super developed, even though he has not operated in an NFL-like offense at all when he was in college, that big arm of his and super strong arm of his could do enough for him to be the QB1 of the 2022 NFL draft. And then they were talking about, you know, maybe receivers who are X-like receivers are also benefited a lot in these years NFL draft. So that is the number one thing that I wanted to talk about. First and foremost, Michael Gallup is that X receiver for the Cowboys. And the fact that the league is kind of going to shift toward those kind of receivers 
might give the Cowboys a good advantage, but I will get into why it's an even more unique one later on the show. But to put, in, to put you guys in context, let me read you the quote from Nate Tice on the episode that I'm discussing. So this is, and ignore the Traylon Burks picture for now. That should not really be there. Uh, but Nate Tice in the Athletic Football Show said, size and speed at receiver is back. Talking about the NFL, a true X. We can live with a 4-5-5 guy. Now we are worried more about size. Talking about those deep routes, those posts. Attacking deep coverage, even when the deep coverage is there. Contested catches, isolated football, also called iso ball. That's what NFL offenses might start to look for. And there I say, Michael Gallup could be just that for the Cowboys. And we know he's filled the X role for the Cowboys for a while now. He's been that, not backside necessarily, but just that isolated receiver in the Cowboys lineups for a long time now. Gallup is horrible, says Craig. I, hey, listen, I do not agree with that, to be honest. I don't think Michael Gallup is horrible at all. He's a physical wide receiver. He wins a lot of these contested battles that we're discussing. And he might not be that supersized wide receiver. But listen, Michael Gallup is a physical X receiver. And actually, the question for you guys in the chat is from 1 to 10. How confident are you in Michael Gallup uh, stepping up? And I know that Craig might have a low answer here. But let me know what you guys think. From 1 to 10, how confident are you in Michael Gallup stepping up for the Cowboys offense in 2022? While you give me your answers, and before I give you mine, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanHyundai.com. Because the ride of the week is the 2022 Ionic Hybrid, which is better than your typical hybrid. It comes at a very affordable price, starting at just $26,080 incredible miles per gallon we're talking 50, 58 miles per gallon in the city 60 miles per gallon in the highway it comes with apple carplay android auto which are game changers and i love using apple carplay to be honest uh, two front lcd monitors and a backup camera so check out the ionic hybrid over at freemanhondai.com family-owned business for over 65 years so make sure you check them out uh, they have a lot of cool features on the website. You can look at the interior of the Ionic Hybrid, which is pretty cool. I really do invite you to check out the interior of the Ionic Hybrid. Make sure you check that out over at FreemanHyundai.com. Now, let's look at some of your answers. Uh, once is correct. Come on. Uh, Samuel Rowe goes the opposite way. He says 10. Uh, Dallas John with the 7. Tommy with the 6. Gregory with the 8. Uh, Lumen being pretty exact here and saying 8.98 because Lumen says 9 would be an exaggeration. 8.98 though feels pretty uh, fair. Let me, let me get a sip of water, guys. I'm, my throat is killing me today. I don't know why. Danny Savage with some Traylon Burks criticism. He says, Burks runs routes like a blind guy. We'll talk more about that later, actually. Uh, six for Charlie and Evans. Danny Savage with the five. I will go with the seven. I Oh, Bernard Account brings up a, a fair concern, which is his health. 
maybe the health is the biggest issue with Michael Gallup. We know that Stephen Jones actually said that he could miss two to three games. Didn't feel like a confirmation or like a sure thing, but he did share that concern. <laughs> Alex Gomez says, why are we talking about receivers? <laughs> Doesn't matter. The main issue is Dak can't hit any. I am hoping that Alex is being sarcastic here in the Facebook chat. Might not be. I know that Skywalker also was dealing with some uh, Dak Prescott criticism this morning. So it feels like a day in which Cowboys Nation, a portion of it at, at least, is coming out to get Dak Prescott. Pretty interesting. However, something that I don't agree with. But anyways, we were talking about the fact that uh, Michael Gallup can win in these contested battles and he can be that X wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm going with a seven. I would go even higher, to be honest, because I like Michael Gallup, the receiver. I'm not sure if he can be your number one, though. I think that CeeDee Lamb is more likely to become the number one. But hey, I trust Gallup to win in these isolated situations. And if that's what it takes to attack the modern defenses in the NFL, an ex-receiver, I think Gallup might be one of the exemplary players around the league in this kind of specific role. I will go with uh, Michael Gallup as that unique advantage. But here's where it gets even more interesting. Number one wide receivers in the NFL are playing more and more in the slot. And we've discussed this before on, on primetime. But if you look at it from a, a specific numbers perspective, you can see some of the biggest names in the NFL lead the league in targets from the slot. So according to Sports Info Solutions, for example, you have, uh, you have a player like, say, Cooper Cup, number one in the NFL yards from the slot. In targets, he also led the league. Keenan Allen, number three in the NFL in targets from the slot. Tyreek Hill is seventh. Devante Adams is sixth. So it's kind of crazy how you're getting these big name receivers, players that the public knows as number one guys, playing a lot from the slot. So that means that you can get an X receiver that wins with his physicality in deep routes and in isolated situations in Michael Gallup and pair that with a number one wide receiver in City Land that can play inside. I think that's a pretty unique combo that the Cowboys could put together for the offense in 2022. And I would like to still have Mari Cooper on the team. But what I'm trying to say is I'm still very confident in the Cowboys wide receivers, specifically because of this combination and how they kind of fit together, you know? Let's see. Uh, Joey Bella says, exactly. Dallas Young says, anyone remembers that insane catch Gallup had versus the Lions? He has insane 50-50 catches. That is exactly right. And, and Gallup has actually been one of the wide receivers with the highest isolated rates in the NFL since 2020. I think he was number two in the NFL or something like that, according to next-gen stats. But now you're getting him on this position in which he will have to step up, right? Isolated ball, I think Michael Gallup is the biggest 
threat for the Cowboys on that aspect. Isolated ball specifically. The guys that you attack without really a much of a concept behind it with a lot of res other receivers, just your one-on-one -on -one attack with deeper routes. Let's see. Let's see some of your comments here on the show. Uh, Alex Gomez is saying that if you know football, you know that Dak Prescott ain't it. Alex knows more about, you know, defense in the NFL than a lot of scouts, executives, coaches that praise Dak Prescott's ability on the field when reading defenses, when targeting with their accuracy. Alex knows football better, though. Burner account says, you're banking on a guy with a proven history of lower body injuries. The concerns about Michael Gallup in terms of health, I believe, those are pretty fair. Uh, catches hard balls, drops easy ones, says Danny Savage. Tommy says, if Gallup misses three weeks and we're going into the season with Lamp in Washington and Noah Brown as the top three guys, I think that we start 0-3. They better draft someone early. <laughs> Big is not taking the Dak Prescott criticism well. Which, just to be clear, it's not my criticism. <laughs> Burner account says, what is your over-under for the number of games Michael Gallup plays next year? I think 10 would be maybe a fair number uh, because you are worrying about those three games that Michael Gallup already is, well, could miss according to Stephen Jones himself. But listen, I'm pulling up his uh, stats quickly. And he has played 16, 14, 16 games uh, and then nine in 2021, which to be fair, aren't really super bad numbers. And I've talked about this before. I've talked about this before on um, primetime. I understand the players that fan, fans go, oh yeah, he's a crystal player. He will get hurt again pretty soon. I understand when it's really the case, but it seems to me that anytime a player misses multiple games on any given season, fans want to label him as a player that always gets hurt. Sure, coming off from an ACL injury will be tough for Michael Gallup. But it's only one season in which he has truly dealt with serious injuries. Before that, he's been in 16 games, 2018, full season. 2019, he goes 14. Uh, 2020, 16. And then 2021, 9. It's not like it's a super long concerning history of injuries. Sure, he's had some. I'm not saying he hasn't. And in last year, well, you know, he had some at, at, multi, at multiple times in the season. But I don't know if it's fair other than the fact that it's an ACL injury to say that he's always injured, right? What about a Gallup spectacular catch against the New York Giants thrown by Andy Dalton, says Charlie and Evans. I remember that one. I remember that one. At the time, I wasn't happy about anything because we were concerned about that. But that was an insane catch for sure. Injury prone should be labeled after three straight seasons of four plus games missed, says Michael Dury. I, yeah, I think that's, 
that could be a, a fair assessment. But yeah, anytime a player misses multiple games on any given season, now he's called injury prone. I know Gallup has dealt with multiple things, but he hasn't missed a lot of games, to be completely fair. 2021 was the season, was the one season in which he did miss multiple games. But anyways, if the Cowboys want to follow this schematic trend in the NFL, there are a lot of wide receivers that the Cowboys could target in day two. And that's the argument for Dallas not addressing the position with the 24th overall pick is the fact that this is a wide receiver heavy kind of NFL draft. On Dane Brugler's latest rankings, and I'm dying to get uh, the beast from Dane Brugler, his annual NFL draft guide. Pro days have kept us from it though, it's especially, I think Drake London also moved back his pro day a little bit longer. But on his latest rankings, which are from February, he had 14 wide receivers ranked in the top 100. So the Cowboys could have a lot of options if they decide to wait until the 56th overall pick, for example, in the second round. Nate ties to keep with the schematic trend of getting your hands on, a, on an ex-wide receiver, talked about a few players that would fit the bill. Drake London from USC, that might be a dream for the Cowboys. I don't think he will be there at 24th. But he also mentioned Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama, who is Dane Brugler's seventh best wide receiver. George Pickens from Ohio State, the 10th best wide receiver, according to Dane Brugler's latest rankings. David Bell, 11th best. Justin Ross, 13th best. And Alec Pierce from Cincinnati, 15th best. Christian Watson, who had an amazing combine, will likely climb up in Dane Brugler's rankings when it's all said and done. But there are a lot of options if the Cowboys want to complement Michael Gallup and maybe go with the idea of getting a different ex-wide receiver specifically because of the size. Listen, Gallup is a, an ideal maybe ex-wide receiver, but he's not in the bigger side of, of such players, right? My question from me to you guys, did I say Pickens played? Uh, sorry, Michael. Michael is pointing out that I, I said Pickens Ohio State. I meant Georgia, of course. Sorry about that. Yeah, I did say that, right? Sorry about that. Uh, Pickens from Georgia, of course. Olave Wilson from Ohio State. My bad. But anyways, uh, listen. Oh, I also typed. That's what I misread it. That's why I misread it. I typed Ohio State in the graphic. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Anyways, George Pickens from Georgia. Ignore the graphic. Now I get it. I was confused there for a moment. But anyways, what, who would be, according to you, your ideal day two wide receiver for the Cowboys? And I know a lot of people will say Sky Moore, but listen, some of these ex-receivers could make a lot of sense for the Cowboys. And I will say this, if we're talking about the second round, give me George Pickens. I would love to see George Pickens from Georgia. <laughs> In Dallas, 
if we're talking about the fifth to sixth overall pick. I don't know if he will be there. David Bell could be a good one as well. Craig says uh, David Bell. I, I agree with that one. Now, if we're talking about the third round, give me Alec Pierce pictured in the graphic. He could be a good ex-wide receiver for the Cowboys. However, I got to talk to you guys about this. I'm starting to like the idea of drafting Traylon Burks more and more with the 24th overall pick. I don't think Traylon Burks makes it all the way into the second round. I really don't. But what I like about drafting Traylon Burks with a 24th overall pick is really related to what we were talking about with the Lamb-Gallup combination. Lamb being your slot wide receiver one kind of player and Gallup being your isolated ball kind of receiver. Traylon Burks is described by many as this player that makes small plays into big plays with his darts after catch ability and the fact that he's super physical, he can break tackles, he's a linebacker-sized Debo Samuel. We've, we've used that description before from Dane Brugler on the show. But he can also win outside, and that's what I like a lot about Traylon Burks. He has the perfect mix of speed and size. And I'm not going to lie, when, we, when, when Nate Tice said that on the show, Although Burks played over 60% of the snaps in 2021 inside, I couldn't help thinking about Traylon Burks. Size and speed at receiver is back. We can live with a 4-5-5 guy. Now we're worried more about body size. Burks is a player that if you can take and you can polish him, he has tremendous upside because of his traits, physical traits. And if you can get him paired up with cd lamp two players that can win outside but that also thrive in the slot you don't have to define specific roles for each and every one of these wide receivers you can get just guys that win in multiple ways outside and inside and you can pick and choose your matchups week to week with a player that can win by being completely isolated in Michael Gallup. I would love that combination. Like, I'm starting to daydream about this combination already. Burks is not for, uh, for everyone. I understand that because a lot of people will say he's clearly not super developed or polished with his route running. Like, if you're talking route running, sure, Drake London looks like a technician Burks really doesn't but if you can if you can work with him I think you can get insane versatility at the wide receiver position what do you guys think about uh I know there is some mixed feelings on Burks Danny Savage says Burks is 225 now in five years he will be 240 to 50 Jeremy says, I feel like Burks is overhyped. I think, I think the, the, the upside is clearly there, but you're clearly taking a risk because you don't know if he will reach that potential that you want him to reach. Uh, Burks is just as physical after the catch as CeeDee Lamb is, says Tommy915. 
Danny Savage says, Burke's kind of similar to CD. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think they share a lot of similarities, but they also share a lot of differences, particularly maybe even in the size. But I think that the fact that they can win outside and inside, man, you can mix it up in so many different ways. And the Cowboys can have a lot of fun with them at wide receiver. All I'm saying is I don't hate at all the idea of taking Traylon Brooks. And if they do so at 24th, I will be happy. I mean, of course, it depends on who, who else is available. Pick and Pop says A.J. Brown. A lot of people have compared Traylon Brooks to a, a A.J. Brown if he reaches that potential. So I think that's pretty fair. Um, A.J. Brown, by the way, more reports on him not getting traded at all, which is in line with what Buck Rising over at ADC Sports Nashville Primetime has been saying for a while now. Todd Cook says Chris Olave. I, I also like Olave, but I will say this. Maybe he wouldn't fit the ex-receiver conversation that we've been having uh, today. I love Jahan Dodson, the Penn State kid, says underrated. Them early second round wide receivers have been producing heavy recently, says Dallas Young. Definitely. Definitely have. Uh, Dodson would be more of a slot wide receiver. Uh, just to, of course, not saying that there's anything wrong with that. But I'm starting to like the idea of having multiple players that can fit the X wide receiver vibes. And just to compliment Dallas Junk's comment on the hit rate at the second round. Hey, A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Dix, Terry McLaurin, Debo Samuel, D.K. Metcalf. All of them picked outside of the first round. Brandon Thorne tweeted this out. Uh, I think it was earlier today. Mo, if we had Burks, Lamp, and Gallup. This is burner account. Would you honestly think Kellen Moore would know how to use them effectively? Hey, I've said this before. Uh, all right. So first and foremost, if the, if that's the logic, like if if the logic is, oh, Kellen Moore will not use will not know how to use this guy or that guy. Well, then what's the point about talking about the NFL draft at all, right? Let's just give up on the team. First and foremost. Now, having said that. Although we're frustrated with the Cooper thing and all of that, I like Kellen Moore's play designs overall. It's about game planning. It's about getting them involved. I don't know. I hope that Kellen Moore figures it out. But there's still some good things about Kellen Moore, specifically the play designs. I was watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers-Cowboys kickoff game this morning for some weird reason. I just decided to turn up the, the All-22 and watch that game. And man, the play designs are there. You can, you can criticize Kellen Moore for a lot of different reasons. Not getting Cooper involved, uh, not fixing the running game, not using motion for the running game, being predictable in a lot of different ways, shying away from 12 personnel. For a lot of reasons, you can get on Kellen Moore. Play design specifically is something that I would point to as his, maybe even his biggest strength. So I, I have faith. I have faith on that. Hopefully, he figures it out uh, in 2022. And I 
know that Kellen Moore couldn't use Amari Cooper, for example. Michael Helton, good point in saying Moore couldn't use the guys last year. We were loaded on offense. But the reason why he couldn't use them, in my opinion, from my perspective, is game planning and in-game situations more than the designs it's themselves. What happened after that game, says Craig? What happened after the first half of the season is what we all want to know. I think there were a lot of things, uh, and we actually had a show early in the offseason about it in which we discussed three troublesome trends for Kellen Moore's offense. And I think all of them showed predictability mainly. So that was one of my favorite shows of the offseason because I think those were some insightful statistics that we pulled out of uh, Sports Info Solutions. But anyways, before we leave tonight, after we've had an in-depth wide receiver show kind of tonight, it's Wednesday. And as such, we have one cool thing, which is where we open up the chat room on Facebook, on YouTube, to share one cool things of the week. What is your one cool thing of the week? It can be anything. It can be something personal, something professional, sports-related, non-sports-related. Mine is pretty clear, and I will start us off with the one cool thing segment. Tomorrow, Thursday, April 7th, is opening day in the world of baseball. I love baseball. I'm excited about it. Uh, we've waited a little bit more than we were expecting to because March 31st was the official opening day. The lockout and all of that pushed the date a little bit back. But, hey, we've got a 162-game schedule, so that's all I can ask for. And we've had a primetime game tomorrow night. Uh, Houston Astros with the Los Angeles Angels. Shohei Otani will be on the mound. I don't know that you can ask for much more than that if you are a baseball fan. I'm excited about it. I'm excited as heck about it. Uh, I've missed baseball so bad. Charlene Evans says, uh, Sky and Mauricio crossover show. That is right. Hey, that is one cool thing of the week as well. Thank you to Charlene. Tomorrow night, Skywalker Steel will be on primetime, and we will play Fixing the Cowboys. Dallas Junk says, one cool thing, I just got the MLB to show 22. I have not played video games in general in a long time. I miss them. But MLB to show was, in my opinion, the best video game, the best sports video game out there. Better than Madden, better than FIFA, better than all of that. A MLB to show is where it's at. Tommy says, admit, uh, Tom admitted that he's toxic. That is one cool thing. Uh, that the main problem we don't have, says John Stanley, one not one good coach to run this team, our coaches suck. That the main problem we don't have, one not one good coach to run this team, our coaches suck, says John. I thought it was a one cool thing, though. Uh, my dad, says Danny Savage, turned 80. He got the star on his forearm. How about them? Cowboys. Joey Bella, congratulations. Celebrating my anniversary dinner right now, but it's still here watching you, big guy. Joey, <laughs> you, can, you can enjoy dinner, man. Don't worry about it, but thank you for tuning in to Primetime and make sure you, you hit the like button. That's amazing. Thomas says the Atlanta Braves will be getting their championship rings. Man, the Braves. The Braves are going to be fun this year, even without Freddie Freeman. I know you guys are still getting over losing Freeman, but hey, it's going to be a good team. 
I'm just hoping Soroka remains healthy. Let's let's root for that. Michael says, one cool thing is the Mavericks are headed to the playoffs. Tommy says, Bach is on the volume. And hey, not only Bach, so that's amazing. Congratulations to them. Uh, that's a massive achievement. I'm excited about it as well. And congratulations to Bach Lombardi for such an achievement. And the producer that will be joining him. Gregory, goodbye. Thank you guys for being here. Let me see if I missed one cool thing before we get out of here. Big says, I want to... I won $50 in a poker game last night. Burner accounts has got tickets for the Baltimore Orioles opening day, April 11th. Camden Yards is 30 years old. <laughs> Thomas says, last anniversary for Joey if he doesn't put the phone away. <laughs> Anyways, guys, 22 days until the NFL draft. This is Ryan Doyle. Let's get out of here. Thank you guys for joining the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, Gilbert says, my grandson, Magic Man, he's a Grand Slam yesterday hits a grand slam yesterday in bushland texas definitely a one cool thing thank you guys for joining the show make sure you hit the like button share the show if you're watching on facebook youtube or twitter let your friends know about adc sports dallas primetime as always brought to you by our friends over at freemanhyundai.com i will see you tomorrow night skywalker joining the show also you can catch him every morning 8 a.m well 8 30-ish, that's the way he puts it, uh, AM on ADC Sports, the Dallas, the morning show. And tomorrow night, we will be together fixing the Cowboys. So tune in, and I will see you. Have a great Wednesday night.